0: On today's show, you are dead without a vision for your business. That's because without a vision or a North Star to guide your business, you can very easily end up chasing all the wrong things. And in today's episode, we chat with Alan, who's ready to grow his family business, but he's not sure where to start when it comes to strategy and processes. If you find it hard knowing where to start as well, this episode is for you. It's all on this episode of Freelance to Founder. Here we go. I'm Preston. And I'm Clay. And this is Freelance to Founder. Clay and I have both been there, barely making ends meet as a freelancer, knowing there has to be more. But since then, we've each built multiple six or seven figure businesses. And now it's your turn. On this show, we're changing the lives of everyday freelancers just like you. Discovering this podcast a few months ago really like changed the trajectory of my journey. I'm not sure I would even be thinking about... Pushing this forward as much as I am, if it weren't for YouTube. This has been really helpful and I, I think a good mindset shift for me.
1: Really, really valuable stuff. I've made a ton of notes and I plan to put this stuff into action
0: immediately. Discovering that I'm a founder instead of a freelancer has been amazing for me.
1: If you're ready to push
0: past hourly rates and build a business that sets you free, then you've got to join us. You can call in yourself by visiting freelance2founder.com. We can't wait to chat with you. We'll
1: be back with today's caller after this.
0: When you wake up in the morning and check your phone, does it feel like this or like this? Because with Shopify, your morning can feel like this way more often. and restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Freelance to Founder. My name is Preston Lee with Millo.co and joining me on the air today as always is my good friend Clay Mosley from GitDripify.com. Hey Clay.
1: What's going on, man?
0: Whew, it's been a hot minute since I have done that intro. We've had a few weeks off uh, our Kind listeners have been so nice to to listen to reruns or, or some of our favorite episodes the last few weeks because I've been away I've had some medical stuff going on anyway so it's nice to be back on the air with you Clay how you doing man
1: yeah good I'm just now um, it's been ten days since I've left the mountain yeah and
0: I'm just now transitioning back <laughs> did you go did you go to uh, Telluride again or where'd you go Telluride yeah, yeah. always Telluride yeah mm-hmm. good man and it was good. It's fun. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: I I I'm wondering why I live here. <laughs> like I just, why don't I just go live in a mountain somewhere?
0: Well, I'll tell you because as someone who lives in the mountains, like I do, I mean, I don't live in the mountains, but I live in a mountainous area. I have to put up with this. The snow is fun to visit, but it's like when it's on your driveway every morning, uh, for days and days and days. It's not as fun. So it's...
1: <laughs> I'll take it over Austin, Texas heat in the summers.
0: Yeah, very true. You ought to just you to just come hang with me uh, in the summers, and I'll go hang with you in the winters. There I you mean, go. We can have the best. That's of a both solution. Course. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> solved. Problem solved. <laughs> there we go. Well, let's introduce uh, the listeners to our new friend Alan, calling from the UK. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the show. Hey guys. Why don't we start off? You can tell us a little bit about your business, what you're working on, uh, just what's going on.
2: Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, so my business is called Burning Suit. Um, and we are a Power BI consultant and training organization, um, do a range of, well, training and consultancy on on Power BI. Um, the kind of story of, of Burning suit I think might be a, a little different to kind of some of the other people you've had on your show in that it, it's a family business for one. Mm. And um, it, it existed before I was part of it. So um, it was kind of founded by my parents about 20 years ago now oh. as a... Um, kind of tech consultancy that pivoted into training and then got into kind of Power BI training about seven or eight years ago. And I think kind of among the first offer, high quality Power BI training um, then. And so kind of got a good run at that. Um, And then 2020 happened. um, Mm -hmm. And my own career, kind of software development and other things, I kind of realized that I'd spent kind of the first half of my career trying to get away from the family business, but building all the skills that I need to be very good at coming <laughs> into the family business. <laughs> um, and so uh, as my parents are looking to kind of uh, take their hands off, I saw an opportunity to come in and, and take my hands on. So that was where I was in 2020, getting into um, starting with the training side and then moving into the consultancy side of that. Um, and then my wife and I had our our Uh, daughter our first uh, 18 months ago now Uh, and that definitely takes kind of thank you very much Um, but it definitely takes a huge amount of focus Uh, and so there was definitely um, a year or so where the business came kind of survival mode for me Um, it was there to kind of provide work and income but not necessarily something I was thinking about the strategy of the direction of Um, but now I feel like I'm coming up for air a little bit I've got some time and effort to focus in uh, and now I kind of have to take this this business that exists and figure out how to build a strategy for it, how to build systems into it, um, all of those things that kind of exist outside of doing the work of the business Um, and so that's kind of where I feel like I am with it.
0: I love it. I think that's the perfect place to be. Um, and congratulations. Yes. On your, uh, on your relatively new yeah, baby. Congrats. And, uh, that's a big deal. Just- and we, Clay and I have both been there where it's like, there are some moments where you're kind of just in survival mode and your business just gets by or, or just holds steady. And I, you know, I think that's totally fine, right? Not letting work or your business cloud or overpower those really more important things. Clay, you said something interesting the other day on social media. Um, on I Facebook. did. On, I know, right? <laughs> on on Facebook, I think. I th- I think I saw you say that you you would never at this stage in your life now, you would never hire like a business uh, coach yeah. or someone that hadn't also been a parent. And I just thought that was so I mean, I agree with that. I had never really thought about it, but but it's it is such a different game. Uh yeah. now that now that you have a kid, Alan, and 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 Clay, I've watched this process kind of with you as well and of course experienced my own. Having kids of my own, like there, it is a very different game. Hydro can work up to 86% of your muscles in just 20 minutes for an insane, effective home workout. That's because Hydro
1: Oh yeah. It's a, it's a, I think more specifically I said was I would never hire a a business coach who didn't build a business while raising their kids. Right. Cause I, I, there's other business coaches who, who know what they're talking about, but they didn't build their business until after their kids were grown up. Yeah. And so it's just important for me to understand for, 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 it's important for me that my business coach understands the situation that I'm in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really insightful. Otherwise they might push you in certain directions. Right. And and so I think it's important Mm -hmm. as we have our conversation today also with Alan, that we keep that in mind. He's got an 18 month old, beautiful little baby. And, um, and he's in that stage of life, so that's a lot of fun. Let's, um, Alan. Before we go too much further, will you clue in uh, any anybody listening in who may not be familiar with Power BI, so that we're kind of all on the same page?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a uh, no, it's a definitely a data analytics platform. It's a place where you can bring together data from all kinds of sources and generate insights and charts, graphs, visualizations, and interactive reports from it. Um, it's kind of like if you took Excel and PowerPoint and smashed them together really hard.
0: Yeah, perfect. i've I've spent some time with it. It's very robust. Um, if If you're familiar with like, I think I was the reason it took me a second to respond is because I was on mute and I was looking up, I think. Google has a product called—is it called Looker still, or like yeah, Looker Studio, Studio. yeah. So it's yeah. similar to that, right? In some ways, uh, where it really compiles a lot of data and helps you parse that data mm-hmm. in a way that's a little more legible, and and um, so you can actually like pull out action items from the data instead of just having just gobs and gobs of information that are hard to to take action on.
2: Yeah, and, and broadly, that's what we're helping the clients do is you know synthesize data from mm-hmm. maybe five or six different places, be it their kind of CRM or some dodgy spreadsheets they've got or both yeah. um and you know get some some insight out of them
0: so who's who's kind of your traditional client then um is it like a mom and pop shop that they don't they don't have internal resources to to dissect that data and really make a plan out of it or, or who who do you find or is it more like corporation level
2: yeah um, well it's it's mostly smaller than kind of organizations that have enterprise level data analytic needs um, but that is quite a broad range of things. At the moment, our focus tends to be um academics, so university institutions, mm-hmm. the kind of business of the university. Mm-hmm. Um, we do a lot with construction companies, which is a kind oh. of a weird niche to have found. Hmm. But um there there's a lot of construction companies that um have a lot of data needs but not necessarily, not necessarily in house data skills. Um but it's it is kind of SMEs, you know, small-medium enterprises that uh, that we work best with.
0: Well, excellent. Let's talk a little bit about where your business is headed then. I think we have a good picture of what you're working on. And, um, of course, we'll get a clearer picture as we continue to talk. But listeners of the show know that uh, when a guest comes on today like Alan has – Um, they fill out a a questionnaire, Alan, you did the same thing. And by the way, if, if, you'd like to join us on a call, we'd love to talk about your business. We do this completely free. It's a lot of fun for us and, uh, we air the episode so everyone can benefit from what we learn, but we just talk about hurdles you're facing in your business. We're about to do that here with Alan's business. Just see if we can put our brains together and maybe come up with some solutions he hasn't thought of before. But, um, when you filled out that survey, Alan, there's two questions Uh, amid some others. One is uh, on a scale of one to 10, one being freelancer, 10 being a founder, where would you put yourself now? And then where would you like to see yourself maybe in a year's time or so? And you put that you're at a two right now, so closer to the freelancer side of the scale, but you'd like to jump all the way to an eight um, pretty quickly here. And so I guess maybe paint a picture for us, Alan, if you would, of what an eight looks like to you. What's what's the ideal uh, version of Burning Suit a year from now?
2: Yeah, I think um, I think perhaps I mean, it might have been a tad optimistic with an eight. Um, I think a year from now, the opportunity to be a bit more hands-off with the uh, aspects that uh, of the business that I find kind of less exciting, which is um, a lot of the perhaps marketing side of things, um, but also extending the reach of what Burning Suit's able to do. Um, we're kind of going to go through a transitional period as... Um, this year, my parents will will leave the business, so the number of employees of Burning Suit will go down to to mm-hmm. one for a short period. Mm-hmm. Well, for mm-hmm. who knows how long. Um, and so that is going to be a kind of a pivotal point. And at that point, I'd like to focus on it being a business of. Uh, uh, well, I've just finished reading um, Paul Jarvis's Company of One, so kind of focus on mm-hmm. it becoming that Company of One, but work out how to increase uh, my reach and my ability. To um, uh, reach a larger, larger audience.
0: So that's I think important for us to keep in mind today as well. It sounds like you you want to stay, stay small in terms of um, personnel, hu- human resource. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Are you are you open to to like subcontracting or anything like that, or are you really wanting to keep like all the work and everything really close to to you and I think- maybe a small group of people?
2: Yeah, I think um subcontracting is uh not an avenue it wouldn't be my first kind of route into into where I would like to go. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have a good answer as to why just as a, a gut feeling um I kind of like would like to keep quite a bit of um kind of control of the 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 quality and the mm-hmm. um and I know that's not necessarily <laughs> the, the best route. Um but uh there's definitely that, good. that feeling to it. Uh-huh.
1: i don't think there's anything wrong with that
0: it's just a different okay. way of going
2: yeah yeah well then then that's my way of going
0: yeah i mean you know paul's that's what paul's whole book is about right it's like this idea of you don't have to hire you know so many so many like startups and small businesses i i hate it when a startup says they're successful due to how many employees they have and it's like well how does that help you define success right but they do they'll say like oh we're growing like crazy you know we just hired 200 new employees and it's like, well, okay, but how much money are you making or, or how many clients <laughs> do you have or things like that? And so I think, I think you know, outside of startup world, for me, there's a lot more to the health of a business than, than the size and the number of, of people who work there. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And lots of businesses can run with one or maybe two or three people or one person with some subcontractors. That's how my yeah. business currently is. I've kind of run the gamut, gone back and forth. I know Clay's done similar yeah. um not- I think that's a new flex
1: though I think the new flex is hmm. how much can you grow your business with as few employees as possible hmm.
2: yeah so that's that's definitely the route i'm I'm interested in is that kind of where can I go and how do I maximize um reach and ability to to help clients yeah. um
0: whilst not
2: necessarily growing the the headcount
0: so you've said that a couple times like expanding your reach what what does that look like? Can you explain what you mean when you say that?
2: Yeah, I guess um, a lot of the work we do is very hands-on with the client. So in terms of consultancy, it's getting to know uh, the client's data needs and exactly the project needs. Um, and then with the training side of things, obviously, uh, I'm also the the uh, in-person trainer. So for our online courses, that would be me um, here in, the, in, in my... Um, Uh, office here or going to clients or sometimes putting on clients at um, other locations but that's me going in to do and deliver that work as well Um, so that's a lot of hands-on a lot of a lot of touches per kind of client Um, and I just would I think to reach uh, or to kind of grow the business beyond my own capabilities to do that I've got to think about how uh, what routes are there to, to manage that
1: hmm. did i did i miss did i miss um, why people would hire you guys like what's the pain point you're solving
2: uh, yeah well, I, I i don't think i didn't did miss, miss it. That? but um you were taking you were taking, no, I guess, you were uh, taking a small nap <laughs>
0: while we were talking but that's okay <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Are you kidding? laughs> um i fundamentally like if you can, if you can um, tell
1: me in like 15 seconds like
2: yeah okay uh, it is a um, accessible approach to understanding Power BI it's not simply consultancy to provide a solution it's providing knowledge to our clients um, and so both through our training and our consultancy our focus is on the uh, the everyman, to some degree they don't the, you know making Power BI accessible to uh, anyone
0: and really making making helping them understand all of their data So a company, so a company might have all of this data from their CRM or from, um, you know, form intake forms or from whatever project management tools. Right. And, 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 uh, Alan and his team will use this tool called power BI to go in and help parse that data out and say, like, if you made these small adjustments or if you, you know, hired here or fired here, or I'm, I'm making assumptions, Alan, so you can stop me. But if you made these changes in your business, in your marketing or in your, um, operations or wherever, then you might see these kinds of improvements.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, more broadly, it's um, the clients have a, some sense of the insights they're trying to get to, hmm. just not necessarily the skills to get to them. Hmm. Uh, and so, we're looking at both accelerating them to get to those insights, but also provide those build those sc- skills in house so that they can continue to do that.
1: What what what's the what's the typical end game? for one of your clients? What do they want to achieve
2: specifically? Uh, Specifically, I guess they either want to uh, make more money or save more money by having a better understanding of uh, the insights that um, will help them do that.
1: Cool, cool, cool. So you help them analyze the data in order for them to save or make more money? Yep, precisely. Okay, cool. Just want to get, I'm just trying to grasp it. Yeah, of course, of course.
0: <laughs> no, it's good because we talk about like Power BI. We had to take a side road to talk about what that was, right? And we talk about all these elements. And I think the, the piece I've also missed, Alan, is um, before we dive into maybe some of the hurdles you're facing, and I know we want to get there and make sure we spend lots of time there, but um, you, you brought up just recently, like just a couple comments ago, a, a training piece or maybe like maybe I see on your website you have courses. Can you help me understand mm-hmm. like what do you primarily offer this um, data wrangling and consulting piece, or do you primarily offer training for them to be able to do it themselves? Or, or where's the line there, and what percentage of each is part of your business, and where do you see the business going? Kind of all that uh, along those lines. Yeah, that
2: that's that's a fair question to ask. Um, <clears throat> so, in terms of simply company revenue, uh, the training is the larger part of it. Uh, it's probably currently a mm-hmm. 60-40 split. Um, so we go and provide training. Mm-hmm. Um, on Power BI, uh, and that is, um, and has historically been a huge part of the business. And, so And the that, that's, a one, that's a
0: one-time from, thing, or do they have you back regularly to train on new stuff, or is it sort of like you go in, you teach them how to do uh, it? it
2: it's, it's, a, it's a mix of both. So um, our kind of flagship courses our fundamentals level course, um, and so large organizations will put a large number of their people through that course with us, mm. um, and because we have fairly small classroom sizes, that can... You know churn through um and then smaller organizations might kind of go through our core range which is kind of our fundamentals to our intermediate to our advanced level courses and then into the kind of specialization areas
0: okay but for the for the most part it's still like teaching someone something once and then they they run with it there's not a lot of going back to the same student necessarily
2: um well we we offer on our um courses we offer um a year's email support Hmm. on the content of the course um, and so, dedicated students will come back to us on a, on, a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is it is uh, offered a kind of one touch in and out. Um, but then the the consultancy side is something that I was more interested in managing and building and and um, building into the business. And so that um, was not really part of the business prior to me joining. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've kind of built that up to where it is now. Um, uh, and so. Going forward, um, I would like to focus on my own capabilities in, in delivering the consultancy because I feel like I've got um, and, and have built through my time some quite specific skills that um, our clients very find valuable and useful to, to apply, um, whereas obviously the, the training side of things doesn't necessarily make use of all of those skills.
0: I see. Okay. Well, why don't you tell us some of the hurdles that you you feel like you're facing as you try to reach this ideal uh scenario that we've talked about this maybe level eight um what what are you bumping into? How can we help you today um
2: well i guess it's um kind of a sense of uh systems processes and strategy really it's um i kind of feel like i've had my uh, uh i've been focused on delivering for for clients for a while um I've got a bit of space, a bit of time to kind of come up and think about more working on the business. Mm. But this is not something I've got a a lot of experience with. And like I said, the kind of um, knowledge base inside the company, my my parents are leaving the company. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, I see a kind of clean slate to build in some, some process and some strategy, but I don't really have a good sense of where to start and then the relative priorities of bits of strategy versus bits of process.
0: Yeah. I think for me, and Clay can chime in here as well, but I think for me, if we're saying like, I'm not sure where to start with strategy and process, for me, you have to start with where do I want to end up, right? So mm. do I want to, yeah, absolutely like, do I want to, you know, adjust the business so that we're mostly doing this consultancy, like you've mentioned, and and maybe it's a 25-75 where I'm doing 25% trainings and in-person you know, trainings with people or in business trainings and 75% consultancy where I'm gathering data and, and, and consulting based on that data? Um, or is the end result, you know, that um, we want to get rid of one of the two altogether? Or is the end result that we want to build more recurring revenue? Or is the end result that I, I want to work fewer direct hours on the business while still increasing revenue? Like, I think for me the the strategy you can't start with strategy you have to start with outcome. Right? Mm-hmm. And and I've got a little bit I think of of where the outcome is that you that you're hoping for, but I'm not sure I'm 100% clear still on on where you hope you end up down the road. Anything to add, Clay, on that?
1: Yeah, uh this is what I tell my clients all the time who who are have a very similar they're in a similar boat they just the things that they're doing they just they're not sure if they're if if it's the things they should be doing with or it might be like i don't know where to start um and i think preston you got it exactly right it's it's all about where where do you want to end up so um and i'm gonna ask you this question like what is what is your vision what is your mission mm-hmm that's not a rhetorical question. I'm actually asking.
2: <laughs> okay, um, that's a okay. That's a good one. That's a tough one.
1: Ah, um, see this. Okay, I'm gonna pause you right there, because <laughs> every single person listening to this should know exactly what your mission and vision is right off the bat. In fact, right, I'll go okay. a step further. Every single employee needs to know this right off the bat. Like this is something that when you have team meetings, that's so, this is something that's reiterated over and over again. So that way, mm. your team, your team shares the same mission, right? Mm. Um, so, with that said, try to answer that question. <laughs>
2: um, okay, so I think uh, in terms of mission and vision, it's about um, helping those who. Uh, aren't necessarily able to get the either the in-house skills or um, the capabilities. So uh, I'm thinking more about the kind of smaller sector, the charity sector, um, the areas that get left behind to some degree uh, by the larger organizations that that provide these kind of services. So it's about um, kind of democratizing that data and, and helping organizations achieve that. Okay, I think so I this some some workshopping. Yeah, but... it definitely needs some refining. <laughs> no, but um, I love
0: but I but I think I mean saying it, yes, I think we need some clarity yeah. on how you say it, how you present it, but the idea of like making data available to every business no matter what your size, I love that vision. That's a vision yes, you can chase. That's a good right? vision. Hmm. Yeah, and
1: I I think like let's just let's just hypothetically say that that is your vision. That's what you end up with and You have to go back and like refine this and work with it Mm -hmm. with your team. Um, But let's just say that is then every single thing that you do and every single decision that you make going forward should align, should get you closer to that. Mm -hmm. Right. That that makes things like so much easier. When I say that, I mean, like. I mean, like this is everything from. Uh, what what marketing strategies you do, the people that you hire, what software you use, th- I mean everything. Uh, does it get you closer to that that end goal? Because if it doesn't, you don't do it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that helps at all. <laughs>
2: uh, no, that's a that's a massive help. It is. I think that is pulling definitely the thread of the the thing that's missing, and that is the 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 thing that's a discriminator, yeah. the thing that helps me when a decision comes to say, okay, which direction do I go in? Um,
1: yeah. It's yeah, like, a, it's so like if you're sure. on a road trip, right? If you're on a road trip and, and, and it's not one of those road trips where you're just like, Hey, let's just get on the road and wherever we end up is where we end up. Like, cause that's not a way to run a business. Right. Um, but if you're going on a road trip, you need to have a destination. Well, mm-hmm how do you know which way to go? Like, what's the most efficient way to go? Well, it's a lot easier if you actually do know the destination, right? (laughs) Um, It's, you know, if, if, uh, uh, you're, you're not in the U S right. Where are you again? I'm in the UK. UK. Okay. So I don't know UK geography, but, um, but if you're, if you're on the, on the East side, right. You're trying to get over to the West side, but then you try, then this shiny object comes around and says, "Hey, you need to do this," but it takes you north. Like, mm, is that really like the thing you need to go do? No, because it's not going to get you west, right? Mm-hmm. So if I had to like break it down to simple terms,
0: like that, like that's similar, similar. And so I think applying so then- it to your business, Alan. For me, it's like mm-hmm. okay, now that we have this vision of, I'm like okay, I want to make I want to make data more available, more accessible, more understandable to businesses that may not normally have access to that. Then that informs, let's just take one small example, that informs your marketing strategy because maybe then your marketing, you're not going for these giant enterprise level companies because they already have access to data without a company company like yours, right? Without an offering like yours. And so, and, and you're also maybe not going to like a, a freelancer or a solopreneur who maybe doesn't have enough data to make it worthwhile. And so you you kind of find like your target audience and you strategize, you, you make your marketing strategy around that audience based on your vision, right? And so for me, that's how it kind of all lines up. Like you start with a vision and it kind of, you look out at the vision on the on the horizon, excuse me, and you say like, what what falls in that straight line from where I am now to where my vision is in terms of my marketing strategy, my product offering, um, my processes for finding clients, onboarding clients, offboarding clients, all of those questions, if you have that vision, which it sounds like you do, um, every, as long as everything aligns with that, right, then, then it starts to all flow and make sense.
2: Hmm. So then what, what, um, what is the process of, of refining that vision? So say, how do I get from where I am now to something I can more succinctly communicate? And then I guess a separate question to that is, how do I know if that vision is also a viable business? Mm-hmm. Mm,
1: those are
0: great I,
1: questions. Yeah, those are really good questions. Um, I will tell you, I'm just going to refer you, maybe Preston might have an answer for this, but I'm going to refer you to a book um, that really helped me and, and you may have read it, I don't know, but it's called Traction. Um, I
2: know you, I know you mentioned it before. It's, um, sat on my Amazon list at the moment. So I think maybe his that name is up G- the list.
1: Gino Wickman, I think I could be wrong. Um, yeah, Gino Wickman, he has another book too. Um, Traction is a very, uh, it's almost like a, it's almost like a textbook kind of. But if you want to read uh, more of a it's almost like a, a fiction, but he, he he creates this like fictional company where he tells a story of how he consulted on this company, but the company company's fictional, but it reads it reads like a fictional uh, like a a fiction or book something. yeah, yeah um, I'm trying to look to see what the name of that book is hang on it's uh I'm looking on Amazon if you hear my typing. Uh, let's see, Gino Wickman.
0: So it just depends on what what so, you like. So traction was a more like like a traditional business book.
1: Yeah, it's like a here's how you do got this. It. And he's got um, other the other thing. one's called Get a Grip. <clears throat> Get a Grip. Um, that's not. Uh, yeah, it is Gino Wickman. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Get a Grip. That's the other one. Um, so it goes into all of that. It goes into here's how you refine your vision, your mission. And, and everything is just kind of like a domino effect after that. Um, and as someone who, who has been all over the place with business, uh, I've been completely lost in the past and I read that book, I read both books and then all of a sudden everything just
0: kind of fell in place. So, so what was, what was like the big take, take takeaway? would you say clay that you got out of the book? What was the epiphany moment?
1: Um, I, I kind of did. Okay. So before I kind of did things where I thought I could just make the most money, which makes sense, right? Yeah. Like logically, that easy, makes sense. that's easy paper.
0: to chase for sure.
1: Uh huh. Super easy to chase. Um, that is very difficult to do because it, it, as a, as a business model, because if you're just doing things just to make money and you go the, you just go the routes where, okay, I think I can make money here. Then you do it and I can make, I can make money here. I can, then you do it. It just gets really confusing, not just internally, but externally. Like clients, prospects get confused about what you do. And so um, that's what I did before. And then I, I read these books and I got my vision. I got my vision down. Um, and I'm like, here's my North Star. Here's my destination. And then And then now I have a linear path. Now I know exactly what I need to do in order to get to my destination and it just makes decision making so much easier mm. and as a as an entrepreneur the you know you have to be decisive but if you like bombard yourself with decisions you're just going to get like burned out well, and particularly
0: yeah. if when making those decisions, you don't have that North Star or that vision on the horizon guiding you in a straight line, right? Then you, right. you end up, and, and most of us are going to do this anyway, but you end up taking a very organic path instead of a very linear path um, yep. to, to where you want to end up. For me, Alan, um, this sort of tactically looks like, um, so you, you ask like, how do I get a more succinct uh, version of my vision and what I offer, right? And then you ask, how do I know if it'll actually work as a business model? For me, the succinctness and the clarity um, comes from explaining it to people a lot. So you start with people you trust, um, you know, family and friends and and maybe people in your same space and just people that you you can trust and that that like a sale doesn't necessarily rely on you explaining it. And you start to explain it and you you ask those people, kind of like we've done today, to say, wait, 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 what's Power BI? Or, wait, what do you do again? What value do you bring your clients? Right? And so, um, and, and then you start to remove those words um, or replace those words that that confuse people or that uh, distract them from your core offering. And you start to simplify. And you start to really workshop that, um, that idea to, to the point where you can say something as simple as, you know, at Burning Suit, we help companies. Um, we help companies who normally see. Now I'm going to butcher it. I don't know. We we help companies who can't normally um, leverage data to read their data and make smart business decisions that help them make more money or save money, right? And so that obviously needs some work too. But but just using like very simple concepts for people. Because then, what happens is, um, then people who are really interested. So this starts to move into the next piece. How do you know if it's a viable business? Then people who are really interested, they'll ask more, and you can start to be more technical with them. And then people, and then you'll you can tell like, as people respond to your very like basic pitch or your basic value prop. As, as people start to respond, you can tell: should I get more technical with them, or should I, you know, keep it light? And maybe they're not going to be a potential client. Um, so like when you talk to someone and they're like, I've never heard of Power BI or we don't collect any data on our customers or something like that, right? You know, they're not maybe going to be your ideal client. Um, whereas on the other hand, they're like, yeah, we have all this, you know, I don't even know how to read my Google analytics, but I know there's stuff yeah. in there that if I could just figure it out, you know, we could we could take the business to the next level or whatever. Those are the kind of people that you say, oh, have you heard of Power BI? We do this thing where we, where we train you how to do this and we come in and we show you and you take all this data that you already have. And it'll show you insights and we'll walk you through the whole thing. Like then you can get them really excited about it. And for me, that idea of like validating if it's a business idea starts to happen then, right? As people Mm -hmm. show interest or don't show interest. And so so I think going out there, having a lot of conversations, a lot of conversations on the web, a lot of conversations in person, even sending some cold pitches. I get cold pitches from people all the time that that they're like, hey, we have this business. We do this thing. Here's the value we provide. And sometimes I'll say, oh, that sounds really interesting. Tell me more. And sometimes I'll say, this is not a fit for our business. And and I would hope that on the other end, they're collecting that feedback from me and hundreds of other people they've done cold outreach to, saying like, oh, 90% of people said there's no interest for this, right? Or 90% of people said, ooh, tell me more. And then they know they're onto something. Um, that was a bit long-winded, Alan, but what, what are you hearing over there? How are you feeling? What are you? Where are we sitting with all this?
2: Yeah, that was um, really, really helpful. I think uh, I hadn't really even considered how having a better sense of mission and vision could help then kind of determine whether the clients are a good fit or not doing help determine that ideal client. Oh, um, yeah. uh, and so that, you know, it, it does really feel like it can take some of the decision, not necessarily take the decision-making away, but, but support that decision-making. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that is uh, broadly an area that I have found difficult because you do have so many decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having, a better sense of why an answer would be the right answer. Um, I think is, is definitely really useful. Yeah. I, I would I say
1: it probably helps me in more area in, in whether or not to take on a client mm. versus other areas. And I have learned the very hard way of that. Um, mm. and it, and I'll give I'll give you an example. Um, So I took on, so just for, just so you know, just for context, my mission, vision is to help service providers, coaches, consultants to build out their own automated marketing system that they own and run by themselves so that they don't have to hire a marketing agency ever again. That's my mission. Now, for context, I used to own two agencies and I got out of that game. And so that, that's what I'm. That's, that's my mission of what I'm trying to do. Um, I took on a client with that said, I took on a client consulting client who was an agency because they, they have, they knew what I've done. I've built up a seven figure agency twice, sold them both. So they just wanted to know like how I did it. So I took it on and it was like two things, two things happen. Um, Well, I guess three things. One, I got paid right? Because shiny object. Um, Two, it was not enjoyable for me at all. Because I knew my mission. But I knew that this did not fit. Because helping this agency kind of goes against my mission. Not only did it not align with it, it went against it. And so it was not enjoyable for me. And then the Kind of the third and the third and fourth things were like, I think I can tell that the client really didn't enjoy it because I didn't enjoy it. And therefore my work was probably subpar. Not, I mean, I think it was good. It was just probably not as good as what I could have made it. Right. Um, so that was a mistake. I shouldn't have taken on that client because it didn't fit with my mission and vision. So it's really easy to chase the money. But so, so was that like
2: before you had a definition of or, or a decent no this was single view of it.
1: This was literally right after I right. established it, and I hadn't gotten good at using it as a a filter yet. Right, I was because that I mean that gets some getting used to. It's really difficult to turn down a client who's willing to pay you a lot of money. You know? Mm. Even though they don't fit. It's really difficult. Um I'm good at it now, right? Like I'm I, I have no problem turning people down. But like that was right after I had established it and I just took it on anyway. Mm. So it was a mistake. I don't care how much money he paid me, it was a mistake. And I
0: think too, like, even you know, morals or visions aside, um, there's something to be said about like the, the streamlined nature of a business that only that stays in its, its lane that it's established for itself. Right? Like we, I say as a business, we're only going to do this and this and this for these kinds of clients. And I stick to that. You get really, really good at it. And, yeah. and so you get really, really efficient at it. And so then profit margin goes up. And so I think there's a, a really, a really good business case for that as well. Aside from just like, I, I think that all the stuff you said clay is important, the making sure you enjoy the work, making sure the client enjoys working with you, those are all important. But if even if you only care about the money, right, um, it might seem tempting to in that moment take the money. Uh, mm-hmm. but but if you can if you can deny that a couple of times, then over time you'll build a system and a company that's really great at working yeah. with. A specific kind of client solving a specific kind of problem. And once you're really great at that, not only does it go more smoothly and profits go up, but people recommend you. You find that you get lots of referrals from existing clients and mm-hmm. your network grows. I mean, there's just so much upside to determining that vision and sticking with it.
1: Yeah, there's, there's something I teach. Um, we call it BFS. So it's kind of like a Jersey Shore, like GTL are you. Are you, do you guys know that reference? I have no idea what you're talking about. It's got right out of my I, head. <laughs> I I never watched Jersey Shore because I just I don't want to kill brain cells when I watch it. So it's like it's it's an older show, reality show, but like these like dudes like their whole life is GTL. Like they are. I never watch it, but I just know of the phrase. It's gym tan laundry. Like that's what they do every single day. They go to the gym. They tan. And they do laundry. Oh god. Anyways, um, we have kind of a similar uh teaching. We call it BFS, it's brand framework systems. So that can be related to multiple levels of or areas of business. Uh so you just gotta have your brand, you gotta have your framework, you gotta have your systems. Now, where this comes into play is that uh just kind of playing off of what Preston just said was that you know staying in your lane staying staying on destination you know keeping on that linear path if you do that and you do that with your mission and vision then not only like so stick with brand right you will have a reputation cuz to me that's what brand is it's it's the reputation in the room before you enter the room like you will be known for a certain thing if you stick to that right um framework Well, if you stick to the same framework, according to the mission and vision, and when I say framework, I mean like the process of how you work with clients from A to Z. If you stick to that, right, then things are gonna be way more efficient and more profitable. And then systems. Well, marketing, sales, uh, operations, everything just gets way, way, way more streamlined and therefore more profitable if you just do the same systems right if you have the same systems but none of that's possible if you just if you don't have your mission and vision established it's kind of like the glue it's kind of like the glue that puts it all together that was a lot of wind
2: (laughs) (laughs) that was that was really really helpful that um i think it is um it's one of those things that I feel like I've known for a while, but it's, it's, it's putting in the work to mm. define it and shape it yeah. properly. Yeah.
1: yeah. I would say, okay, let me just say this because I know there's some people listening that's thinking this and you might be thinking this too, because I thought it, when it comes to mission and vision and I can throw like core values in there. I was someone who thought this is just corny as shit. Like I, like this is so corny. Why do I have to establish this? Like, I just want to run a business, sell something, and make money. Right? That's what I thought. I thought it was really campy, you know, like to establish these things. But um, as a skeptic, who's somebody who somebody who went through that, it has completely changed the way I do business in a very very positive way. So, because I know there's people listening and thinking that, so I'm just gonna say that.
0: Well, Alan, this has been uh, a lot of fun for us and, a, and quite a lengthy conversation on vision and uh, direction. Hopefully that's been helpful for you. I, uh, You know, we never know where these conversations are going to go, but hopefully that's been something that's going to help you over the next uh, six or 12 months in your business. What do you think?
2: No, oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. I'm going to start with that, uh, with those, those book recommendations. I love a good book. Um, and then I think, yeah, it's uh, going to help me make those decisions may I help me kind yeah. of focus in on the the kind of point of of it all
0: yeah
1: i know i know some people i know most people come in here looking for tactics you know like tell me exactly what to do but like i think in in your, your case i think if you just do these things it, it, it'll just become more clear mm.
0: everything yeah the the tactics will will naturally come out of it right yeah. like I think mm-hmm. we've, we've talked a little bit of tactic today as well. You know, we've talked about like if, if you have a clear vision, how does that affect your marketing strategy or your uh, operations strategy, um, the direction of your business? Like I think we've talked a little bit about that as well. But, but you have to, yeah, you have to get this right. You have to be clear on your vision. Otherwise, you end up chasing every shiny object that comes around or, or taking your business in a million different directions and ultimately burning out. And I think that's important too, Alan, where you said you want to keep the business really small. Right. Um, if you're not sure where you're headed, it can be really easy when it's mostly you making the decisions and choosing what to work on and what not to work on. That's that can be. I know I have fallen prey to that, right? Where it's like, oh, I just worked on this thing for a month only to realize, huh, that doesn't really align with anything that uh, you know six months ago I thought I should be doing. I just it was this shiny object syndrome and I chased it because mm. you know I'm the only one here <laughs> or whatever. And so, yeah, I think I think getting a lot of clarity there is is really really helpful especially at this absolutely, stage.
2: yeah. Uh, Go ahead. I'm definitely one who can be guilty of um, chasing a shiny <laughs> object. So having, having something to help me um, focus away from that is, is going to be really valuable. Yeah.
0: Well, good, Alan. Why Ooh. don't you really quickly let people know where they can connect with you and your business in case they uh, want to hire you or just connect with you. Uh, where can they find you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I'm on LinkedIn, um, Alan uh, Harman-Box. That's H-A-R-M-A-N-Dash-B-O-X. And the business is burningsuit.co.uk. It's burning suit all is one word.
0: Wonderful. Alan, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. I've been Preston Lee with Milo.co and of course Clay from getDripify.com. It's been a pleasure, you guys. We'll talk to you later. See Thanks you. Thanks very much. Uh,
2: much.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Freelance to Founder, a collaboration between Milo,
0: Dripify, and the Pog You can find links to my business, Milo. Plays business, Dripify, and of course, our podcasting partner, The Podglomerate, all in the description of this episode. Remember to call in for your own episode at FreelanceToFounder.com. A very special thank you to the members of the Milo and Podglomerate teams who work behind the scenes to make this production possible.
1: To stream past episodes, visit FreelanceToFounder.com or search Freelance To Founder wherever you get your podcasts. And that's it for now. Until next
0: time, see ya. We will see you guys on the next episode of Freelance To Founder.